0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap.
0: Here's the pitch.
1: A curve of- Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode number eighty-one of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. Good to have you with us. As the crew, with a three and two record over the course of the last week since we last talked, and sitting right in the mix in the NL Central. Brewers finished the series in St. Louis last week with a win on Thursday. Final score five four, and it was a career first for Jesus Aguilar. Two one pitch. Swinging a high, towering drive, deep left field. It is gone. The Brewers take a 5 4 lead on the first big league home run of the career for Jesus Aguilar. He'd been waiting for that one for years. Number of ABs with Cleveland, and now in a pinch hit spot, he gives the crew the lead and he's got his first home run. 5 4 Milwaukee. Keon Broxton also hit his second home run of the season in the win. Friday in Pittsburgh was tough on the crew. as nearly a two-hour and 30-minute rain delay forced Jimmy Nelson out of the game after three scoreless and hitless innings. The Pirates went on to win that one 4-0, and Saturday's game in Pittsburgh went 10 innings, but the crew dropped a 2-1 decision despite a tremendous outing from Matt Garza. Sunday in Pittsburgh, the crew was looking to avoid the sweep, and they did it in a big way. Already out in front, how about an exclamation mark from Eric Thames? 5 2 Brewers and Barbado deals. Thames knocks one to right. Get up! Get up!
2: Get out of here and gone! Eric Thames just put one in the bleachers and right. And the Brewers now lead
0: 6 to 2. 6 to 2 win for the crew and the Brewers got back to 500 for the road trip and on the season. After an off day on Monday, the Brewers opened up a six-game homestand with the first of a three-game series against the Red Sox on Tuesday night. And the crew with a big offensive explosion. Eric Thames hit another home run, his 13th of the season. And Keon Broxton continued his hot ways as he homered. Also had a triple in the contest and had a single in a three-hit effort as the Brewers again won that one. It was 11-7.
1: The pitch to Cooper. Face hit on field liner. One run home. Downing strong coming on. Gatner's slide. He's safe. Wow. For three Milwaukee. Now let's brew up the past.
0: Don Sutton joining us here on Brewers on Tap, and we continue our look back on the 1982 season this year, the 35th anniversary of that remarkable season here in Milwaukee, done. And, of course, you were a late addition to that club, but a big addition to that club. When you think back to that stretch for you, what does it mean to you?
2: Well, it's the most fun six weeks of my whole career. It's the best ball club I was ever a part of. I've often described it as a ball club that really didn't need a manager or coaches. They did the right thing over and over and over because it was the right thing to do. One of the most competitive ball clubs I was ever a part of, so... I had a feeling I might be traded. Uh, Houston was looking for some young players and a rebuild. And so I kept my ear to the ground. And uh, confession, I used to call the Brewer hotline after every ball game to find out what they said about how things went and who pitched well and who didn't. So I spent the latter part of the summer hoping that I would be traded here. I wanted to come here. I really wanted to come here when I was a free agent, but uh, Harry Dalton said it just couldn't fit it into the budget. but uh, I was looking forward to uh, looking forward to being here, and it exceeded my expectations and what a privilege to have been a part of it, and it's still one of the biggest thrills of my whole career.
0: A lot of great personalities on that team. Yes. What were some of the guys? What were some of the things that stood out to you about the different personalities and how they all seemed to mesh well when they got in the clubhouse?
2: We had four guys that just escaped from a state prison. We knew that. <laughs> a couple of altar boys, uh, and then the rest of us kind of fit in right there. But there were the personalities, but the personalities were unique with other guys not at the expense of other guys I never saw anybody maliciously cutting people down no vindictiveness it was a it was just a broad cross-section of very very interesting people that it was fun to be a part of
0: the last game in Baltimore the last game of the regular season what was that like to get the ball and, and of course see Robin do what he did to to, to help propel you guys
2: Well, we went in there thinking we need to win one and let's go home. And it didn't turn out that way. A make-up game doubleheader on Friday, bam. Okay, we got a a one-game lead, no big deal. Then we get beat on Saturday. And to me, it was a privilege to have the ball on Sunday's game because I know how these guys had worked hard and had put together a good year to be where they were. And what I remember saying is when I came here, you guys are going to ride this train to postseason. I just want to earn my ticket on it. And so I was thrilled. Uh, I think I was very privileged to have had the ball that last day. I would have hated to have missed it. I know there was a collection of guys on that ball club who could have probably done a better job than I did. But it was a privilege to have the ball. And Robin put us on the board early, which gave me and us a little bit of breathing room. But an interesting sideline to Robin, some of the thing, there was so much went on that weekend in the locker room and around that people didn't know about, but an interesting sideline to Robin, who wasn't very vocal. Uh, I'm in the, uh, in the training room getting my ankles taped, and he walks by and starts jabbing me in the chest going, don't make us have to score five to beat this guy, and we'll kick his fill-in-the-blank. <laughs> and that's not Robin, but he was screaming it. His veins were bulging, his face was red. And and the message was give us a chance, give us a chance to score. Well, they gave me a chance to pitch because they put runs on the board early. But I'll always remember that the mild mannered, quiet Robin Yount with his veins bulging and screaming at me, don't make us have to score five. And just uh, just so much there were there were just so many side stories going on that uh one of the biggest thrills in my life was stepping out of that visiting dugout and heading to the bullpen to warm up. It was it was a privilege, it was a joy, and I'm glad I got the opportunity.
0: I've talked to multiple members of the team, and we've talked about that game in particular, and almost everybody has brought up Ben Ogilvy's catch in that game as, as well, as maybe being one of the overlooked moments of the season and, and the importance of that catch. What was your reaction to that play?
2: Well, I knew he had a long way to go, and I knew it was getting close to where the superintendent grew his garden down there. He went a long way. It helped that he was a left-handed thrower, but that skidding catch there—that it could have been a whole different ball game, you know. All of a sudden, because they had runners on base and they could have been circling for a while, but it was a—and I agree with you. That is a vastly overlooked play and a terrific play, and that's—that's that's what I said. There were there were so many things that went on that weekend that didn't make the headlines or the front page but were vital to what a great story is. Somebody could do a book or a movie on just from Friday to getting back to Milwaukee on Sunday night, and it would be a great one. There are a lot of sidelines, a lot of stories, but it just an amazing weekend. You mentioned that
0: this club probably didn't even need a manager, and, of course, they made the move from Buck Rogers to Harvey Keen in early June. You got a chance to be around Harvey, and from everything that, that we know about Harvey, it seems like he was the perfect personality because he let guys go out and just play the game.
2: Yeah, I think he knew that they knew how to play, and so he just didn't want to get in the way. You know, he makes some pitching changes and every now and then suggests, but that was one of the things that made this ball club so unique. When you go from position to position, personality to personality, and person to person, each one of them could have coached each one of them could have managed they knew that much about the game and they were so unselfish my first experience with harvey keen was interesting because i'd been traded there and john adams the trainer came out and he said arch wants to see you in his office well i pitched against harvey keen when he was with the giants so you know i didn't know what was gonna be said or what was going on so i walked into his office and he said sit down son he said uh I've got a couple of rules. Well, when the first thing you hear from a manager is I've got a couple of rules. You don't know what the heck. Because I like to run outside the park. I, so he said, one, uh, I'd like you at the park on time. <laughs> I can live with that. And he said, I'd like your best effort. And having watched the brewers for a long time and, you know, call the hotline every night, they were giving their best effort. And he said, and one other thing, and I will quote him verbatim, I don't know a damn thing about pitching," he said. "Will you let me know when you've had enough, so we both don't look bad?" <laughs> and I thought, you know, what, I'm gonna like this guy. And and he did that, and he he gave every player on that ball club the responsibility of being a man, and that was a collection of 25 people who responded to that. Coaching staff is great. I, I love having Cal McClish as a pitching coach. He was, it was, it was just if I could put together a ball club now, it would be that combination of personalities and that group of unselfish players who knew how to win.
0: It meant a lot to these guys to play for the city of Milwaukee and for the state of Wisconsin. Jim Gantner, maybe one of the best examples of that, being a native of Wisconsin. Was that evident right away when you stepped into the clubhouse?
2: Oh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, these, were, these were Milwaukee people. You know, I don't care where we all came from. And I think one of the things that meant a lot to me was I was welcomed here the first day as though I'd been a, a part of that young ball club growing and i'll always remember that and that's my uh, people have heard me say it's my favorite place i ever played and when i come here i still feel like i'm coming home and i'll never forget it it's fun to come back here and bump into people that i knew as five and six year old kids who are now have five and six year old kids but there's something special about the small town comfort level of playing here i loved all the ethnic communities You know, I love being able to go to the the little bars and taverns on the corner, but it's a loyal fan base, and more often than not, I was told, we're glad you're here to be with our brewers, not to play with the brewers, but glad you're here with our brewers, and you know, I still sense that when I come in here, and again, it's my favorite place I ever played, and thank God I had a chance to be a part of that.
0: Don, we appreciate it. Thanks so much.
2: All right. I wish I could be here for the event. Unfortunately, I'm working and i uh, tell you what I do. I'll give a promise to all the players and the fans. I'll raise one after our game's over just to celebrate with you. Sounds like a deal. All right. Thanks.
0: Thanks to Don Sutton for joining us as we brewed up the past and looked at the 1982 Milwaukee Brewers.
1: Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101.
0: Orlando Arcia and defensive runs saved. This one was coming your way. You knew it was. Defensive runs saved, what is it? Well, it captures a player's total defensive value, according to Fangraphs.com, and it essentially values a player's defensive performance against the league average. So a plus two means that a player is two runs above the league average at that position defensively, or a minus five means that that player is worth five runs less than the league average defensively. In the case of Orlando Arcee, he's off to a very strong start defensively, as we're all well aware of, and now into the second week of May. His DRS, his defensive run safe, sit at plus two. And with his ability and age, it's hard to not imagine that it may climb over the course of the season. And if you want to compare it to a few other current or former shortstops, Well, Derek Jeter's best was a plus three in 2009. He was below the average in every other year of his career. Omar Vizquel is widely considered one of the best defensive shortstops of all time, and the numbers back that up. In 2007 with the Giants, Vizquel, a plus 16. He was plus 10 in 2003 when he was in his prime with the Indians. Gold Glover Brandon Crawford for the Giants, a plus 20 in 2015, plus 19 last year. And this year with the Giants, he's currently sitting at plus two. The Red Sox Xander Bogarts was minus 10 last year and is a minus two so far in 2017. This is all a long way of saying that Arcee is currently playing at an above average level defensively, maybe even an elite level defensively, and at just 22 years of age, he should only get better with more experience. All right, it's time to check in on the farm.
1: Checking in on the farm.
0: Well, the Sky Sox are now 20 and 8 after their win on Tuesday. Kyle Wren goes 3 for 4 on Tuesday, a 338 average for him. Brett Phillips continuing his strong play, hitting 304, and Garrett Cooper hitting 333 on the year with six home runs and 31 driven in. The pitching has been phenomenal. Another five innings with no earned runs allowed for Iram Burgos in his outing. On Tuesday afternoon, the Sky Sox with the best record in all the Pacific Coast League at 20 and 8. The Biloxi Shuckers got a win. They're now sixteen and sixteen on the season, continuing to get good pitching from Jorge Lopez. Mauricio Dubon is continuing to do great things at the plate and on the base pass with a bunch of stolen bases for DuBon and the Shuckers back at 500 in the Southern League. In Class A Advanced Carolina. They sit at 13 and 17 overall. They've been getting tremendous production out of Jake Gatewood. Now a 17 game hitting streak for him. And by the way, Corey Ray is turning it on as well. He's in the midst of a seven game hitting streak. And in Class A Wisconsin, the Timber Rattlers at 14 and 15 on the year. They got a nice performance on Monday from Braden Webb on the mound. He went five and two thirds, three hits and no earned runs. Got another good performance. Uh, From Trey Supak, who struck out 11 in his start on Tuesday, Monte Harrison continuing to play well for the Timber Rattlers also. And I went up to Appleton last week to check in on the T-Rats, and I sat down with manager Matt Erickson. This is Brewers on Tap TV, and we're talking with the manager of the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, Matt Erickson. Matt, this is uh, a, a young group that you have, and you're used to having a young group here in Class A, but uh, you have some, some real young pups this year. Uh, Mario Feliciano being 18 and behind the plate. That's exciting, but at the same time, I'm sure it can be challenging for him at this level.
3: Sure. You know, anytime you get an 18-year-old behind the plate here in his first full season, uh, you tend to get skeptical, but uh, but he's proven that he belongs here for sure in the first well, the last week of spring training, when I got to see him every day, and then uh, the first 20 games here, uh, he's handled himself very well. Um, there's some things, obviously, like, like all the guys down there that he has to polish up and work on, but uh, his hands are really good. You know, he, uh, he does a nice job with the ball at the bottom of the zone. Uh, defensively, he receives the ball well. Uh, he's got soft hands, and you can see his hands work at the, at the plate. Um, And I got no problem telling you right now he's probably got the best two strike approach of anybody on our team. Um, He stays inside the ball very well. Uh, He likes to compete uh, and it's showing up on the field.
0: He was known or the book on him was that he was an offensive minded catcher coming out of Puerto Rico last year when he was drafted. So defensively wanted to see improvement. When you have a guy like Charlie Green, that that helps, right? When, When you feel like, hey, we can develop this guy. How much improvement have you seen from him, just from when you first saw him in spring training to now?
3: I think the biggest thing is uh, pitch sequence. Um, trying to set up hitters a little bit and, and learning pitch sequences and, and um, when to use the fastball, how to read hitters, how to read their swings, what do are, what are foul balls tell you? Um, and he's picked up on that pretty good. So there's some aptitude there. Um, and he's, done, he's went from kind of ground zero to, uh, to being pretty good and, and not having to tell him the same things over and over again. Um, you explain a situation to him one time, and the next time we're in that situation, he's trying to apply that, uh, those things we talked about. So uh, it, it's nice to see a guy that young, you know, have the, be, have the ability in his mind to try to slow things down. Um, so there's some pre-pitch thought process going on in there, uh, and then uh, he's doing a better job at, at executing.
0: I talked with Jenkins, and he said, yeah, he's mature and 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 you wouldn't be here at the age of 18 if you weren't a mature baseball player clearly but um, i also get the sense and and from listening to you right there he's a good listener it seems like
3: he is you know and, and english is not his first language yeah. by any means uh, native of puerto rico but he does have a background or an education with with some english uh, in my broken spanglish we're, we're able to communicate or communicate quite well um you know every day uh, the first thing I said to all our catchers was to make sure that they were down in all of our pitchers' meetings. Um, our pitchers stretched 30 minutes before position players, and uh, our catchers have, have made a commitment to be down there in those meetings, listen to Dr. Klein, talk to the pitchers, and, and listen to the feedback that the pitchers are giving our pitching coach. Um, and that's all, that's all good communication, all, all good stuff for our catchers to hear, even when they're not catching that particular day. I want them to not not miss any of the lingo. Uh, that's going on and and all of our catchers have committed to that him and uh, Mario and Nate Rodriguez um, and Vasquez you know our our bullpen guy at the the moment Um, so they've all done a a really good job at uh, helping our pitchers and really working for them.
0: You've been with Monte for a few years now and I'm sure he would rather not be here but that's what injuries do It, it slows you down but his attitude and his approach coming back here this year seemed to be exactly where they needed to be and the results are showing. Is that pretty accurate?
3: That's very accurate. You know, there's a, there's a bigger sense of urgency, a a maturity to his preparation. Uh, Every day he's, he's been here and before we even go out on the field, he's in the weight room on his own, uh, either on the treadmill or getting his body warmed up. Um, And then when we go out here and stretch, uh, he's accountable. He's making other people accountable to make sure they're on time. He's kind of taking that leadership role. Um, where the first couple years uh, he's always been a a big personality and loud and outspoken. Uh, But this year it's a a little more mature and professional with the way he's going about his business. Um, And like you said, you know, it's showing up on the field at a more consistent rate.
0: What are you seeing from Demi Malloy? another young guy um, here for Class A that really hadn't dealt with a lot of adversity in his career until maybe last year, the first time he'd really been challenged in rookie ball?
3: Yeah, tremendous body. I mean, physical skills are off the charts. You know, uh, straight line speed is is probably the best we have uh, here. Uh, I remember Monte. We were in Clinton. He had a chopper, chopper to the third baseman, and really sprinted down the line And then the dugout. I was like, "Wow!" Monte was like, "Yeah, that's impressive." But I think I got him on the turn. <laughs> uh, so there's kind of a little competitiveness between those two as well, which is good uh, amongst the amongst the players. Um, but Ora Malloy is. Uh, is a guy that uh, you can you can see the physical talent there it's just he needs continuous repetitions. Uh, I know we were kidding him the other day some of his jumps and reads off the bat uh, haven't been the greatest um, but he's getting better every day getting as many uh, pop flies off the bat as he can Uh, but right now he's got he's got some uh, makeup length to his game so he's got the physical tools to where if he makes a, a bad read He's got the ability to make up. right now he leads the league in rebounds, I think, in the Midwest League. <laughs> <laughs>
0: another guy, another guy physically that just stands out is Gilbert Lara. Um, you look at him. He, he almost looks like a big league body already at a young age. Um, a lot of development left in him clearly, but how, how has he handled this so far?
3: Yeah, you know, his glove and his footwork in the field jumps out at you. He, he really has a knack defensively um, for the speed of the game. When he has to be a little bit quicker, when he has more time, um, so that, that's been that's been fun to watch on an everyday basis. The offensive part of the part of the game is uh, is is constant work, work yeah. in progress right now. And uh, we got to get him to control the zone, recognize off-speed pitches, making sure that he's swinging at strikes, uh, knowing what he's looking for from each pitcher. Uh, and when he when he becomes more consistent at that, I think he'll get more offensive numbers. Uh, for instance, yesterday. Uh, In one of his at-bats, he did a nice job of laying off some marginal pitches early in the count, uh, worked the count to a 3-1 count, had to come fastball to him, and he hit it nine miles uh, uh, into left field or over the left field fence and broke a 2-2 tie. It was a big part of the game yesterday in the fifth inning.
0: You have a few arms that you were familiar with from last year that are back, Um, and Thomas Jenkins you had for a little bit last year. He's back. And it seems like he's another year older, just more comfortable back here this year. At least that's what he told me. Have you you seen that on the mound from him?
3: Yeah, he was very limited last year when we got him, uh, as some of our our college draftees are. Uh, There's always an innings limit to them on the first year, obviously uh, with their health in in mind. Um, So he was very limited to about two, three innings every time he was out with us. And then we ultimately had to shut him down with about two weeks to go in the season. and now this year, obviously, uh, he comes with a, a full slate of innings. He's uh, one of our standalone guys. He pounds the zone. He gets a ton of ground balls with a with a sinker, change up, breaking ball combination. Um, and I don't think you know he's ever been really crisp in his starts uh, this year thus far. Um, but he's very competitive, um, and he's kept us in every ball game that he's uh, that he started. And uh, and yesterday was another example. Uh, maybe not as crisp with his pitches, but found ways to get three double plays, get himself out of innings, uh, limit his pitches, and and keep us in a low-scoring ballgame.
0: Supek's a big guy, really big body, um, and, and and certainly has good numbers, good potential.
3: Um, what what do you think his
0: strengths are?
3: Well, he's a he's a power arm, uh, big body as as you mentioned. Uh, what I think his his biggest uh, improvement from last year is his overall footwork. Um, and like he, like you said, big body doesn't move tremendously fast, but his body control on the mound, pickoffs to bases, holding runners, um, fielding position is much improved from from even a year ago. Um, and in his pitchability, you know, he doesn't just have the big arm now. He's locating fastballs at the bottom of the zone. He's getting ahead of hitters. Uh, he's able to put away some hitters with his breaking ball. Um, and and when he when he attacks with angle, you know, in the zone, he's. Uh, He's a very powerful uh, pitcher to deal with.
0: You mentioned that Jenkins is a standalone guy. Is that more typical for a college arm second year uh, in, that you guys will let those guys go a little bit longer?
3: Sure, you know, we have, we have some young arms. Uh, we, try, we try to increase about 20 to 30% uh, innings limit each year. We try to add to them as we're building them up through their careers. Um, and yeah, I mean, most of the time, college guys are a little more mature in age have some innings underneath their belt, and those are usually the guys that are able to stand alone and get deeper into games. Where some of our younger pitchers, we uh, we tend to put in a tandem uh, situation and try to control their innings throughout the year. We don't ever want to shut anybody down. We want to get give them the full year experience. Um, so there, there's a method to the madness, madness in the tandems that we run and those who stand alone.
0: Matt, we appreciate it.
3: Appreciate it. Thanks for being here.
0: My thanks to Matt Erickson for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. Okay, what's coming up?
1: Here's what's on tap.
0: Well, tonight at 7:10, the second game of this Red Sox series. And then tomorrow afternoon, Thursday afternoon, at 12:10, start Kids and Seniors Discount Day as we wrap up the series against the Red Sox. And then a big weekend this weekend. Mets coming to town. Weekend series featuring Five County Friday on Friday night. All Five County residents save 50% on tickets. Star Wars night on Saturday. Post game laser show, plus a Jedi Key on bobblehead included as part of a special Star Wars night ticket package, and a Mother's Day wristlet giveaway on Sunday, plus the kids eat free Sunday. Check out the complete schedule and reserve your spot today at Brewers.com. That's going to do it for episode number 81 of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for joining us. Next week, we'll be with you from San Diego. Have a good one, everybody. I'm Lane Gringle.